It was only a couple of weeks ago, actually. I was in China visiting the Chinese sales organization and was out there with a couple of managers. And we spent there the weekend and um, we took took the time and took a great opportunity because we went to visit the Formula One race day. And here's Steve and Ramon and we took the Sunday and went out to the race. And we saw this absolutely amazing battle between uh, Sebastian Vettel. And, and we this was the first time was actually with a Formula One race. And I thought, wow, isn't this quite amazing to see really how everybody's trying to do every lap faster than the one before and only with the final destination to reach the best position in this race. And I was wondering, well, what is really the ETA of, you know, of every single lap? What is really the ETA, the estimated time of arrival towards the goal? And is the goal of that race really the single thing that is most important or is it winning the championship? And we um, we debated around that a little while, and I thought about a um, a quote here from Tony Robbins, where it says, "A goal is your next level of performance or destination that you want to achieve, from which you don't want to fall back." And we will have a look today to see. How can you find the next level of performance, your next destination with your team from which you don't want to fall back to make sure that you really have that performance and keep that performance? And for that, we will have a look at the manager's toolbox. Welcome to this Power Hour. As you know, I'm Coach Colin. I'm here to help you master your leadership. And um, just to make sure that we can really go ahead on our Power Hour, let's see if everybody can hear me. And if you type in yes into your keypad, just to make sure everything is working fine. And wow, they're bursting in here. Great. Thank you for your routine here so that I can do some housekeeping and make sure that I can continue. All the recordings are going on, which means that um, anybody else who is not attending today, they will have the opportunity to listen to the Power Hour on the podcast or as a complete recording later on. Um, And... I'm not quite sure if you're here, but it could be that you're looking for some more tools to be more effective to reach that next level of performance with your team. Or perhaps you've already been using some management tools and you would like to discuss a few or have some new insights how things work. And it could be that you've been in the class to manage your core business effectively and you, um, you've tried some of those tools and you're struggling with that a little bit. In any case, you've come to the right place if you want to have an overview of a couple of these management tools that are quite powerful if you use them in the right moment. 
And um, I will give you a detailed explanation on a couple of those so that you know how to use them actually in an example so that you can have a better idea. And, well, today we're going to talk about some reasons why you want to apply these tools. We want to connect them to the leadership tasks um, that you have as a leader of your team. And specifically, we're going to expand around the use of a traditional SWOT analysis, which you might hear. And as soon as I mention the word SWOT analysis, I know some people start rolling their eyes and I think, oh my goodness, not the SWOT analysis. It is such a useless tool, but hang on a second. I'm going to show you an example that will really show you the value of this tool and what you can do with your team without getting bogged down in details. Um, we're going to summarize where you may typically lose efficiency in the work with your team and I've got a lot planned today and hopefully we'll also have time to have some questions and answers um, here during our discussion live. Now, let's step back for a moment and um, just think about what was that again around leadership, about leading your team to a new level of performance from which you don't want to fall back. As you remember, the four sides of leadership, they were all about sharing and agreeing around the why you are doing things and what has to really change. That is where it starts. And then there is a discussion so that you can decide on how things should be done, how the resources should be divided, who's going to do what and at what time. And then when you've discussed these things with your team, you will have a, you will have a more individual type of dialogue with, um, with your people on how can they really contribute and in the end, of course, they will be extremely motivated to bring in out, bring in that extra energy and that motivation. Because when um, you can show them how and when they have contributed, they will really like to see that so that they know the next time around when they go the extra mile, it is going to be seen as well and, and acknowledged. But to go back onto that level of goal, what does it really take there? And let's have another look at this one. A goal is your next level of performance or destination that you want to achieve from which you don't want to fall back. So what does it really mean? That means that you want to change a few things in the way you're working personally or in the way you're working with your team. And you don't just want to make an extra effort during a shorter period of time so that you get an extra result. No, you want to reach a new level of performance, a new destination from which you don't want to fall back. Because let's face it, that's going to be your next level. That's going to be your next gear you're going to use, your next, I don't know, your next speed that you're going to do going around that bend in the Formula One race. That is going to be the new lap time, your next best time, but you don't want to fall back. You want to do that best lap time every time. And that is where there are certain things that have to happen that you will want to be clear about with your team. And of course, you will recognize these things. And I'm going to show you very shortly here um, a modification of the template from which you are very familiar, just so that you see the nuances that you can add into there with your discussions with your team so that you can increase effectiveness. Because if your team doesn't know why things should be done and what has to change in detail, what is going to be the consequence of these things? 
they're going to sort of stall and they're going to be wondering with themselves about where their motivation to do these things is going to come from and what is exactly that has to change and which means there won't be any action there will be hesitation instead and that is strangely enough when you talk about coaching that is where most of the time in a coaching process is being spent in really understanding the difference between where you are today and where you want to be in the future, which means what level of performance do you have today and what level of performance do you want to have with your team. And when you start looking at these things, that is why we have so very much built into our our training and our way of working these two first things, which is, first of all, we want to understand the current state so that when we just understand the current state, we can go in detail and describe the desired state in the way we're working. And then when we have done those two descriptions, we can be more clear about what are the elements that works well and what are the elements that really define the gap. Because let's face it, if we want to reach a new level of performance, we don't want to change the things that work. And that is why we have to be crystal clear around the change, around the things we don't want to change. And that is why we have to be clear and in agreement with our team, what is it, what works well. And then we can define the gap. And to be able to do that, I'm going to share with you here a, um, an Excel sheet, which I have uploaded into the classroom. And it, it's giving you the opportunity with some extra help questions to be a little more clearer uh, in the discussions with your team or in the reflections for yourself. And here you can say, first of all, which are the elements that you would want to use to describe the desired state? Well, first of all, you would want to have a look to see what are the different results you expect and what will make these new Sorry, I'm actually on the wrong screen because I said we were going to start with the current state. That's where you want to start. So let's let's start there again. I'll make this a little larger so that everybody can see it. So let's start with a desired state. What's the um, describe your motivation of change is of course the whole ambition that you want to do, and we want to go in here and answer some questions. Judge the result for good and bad. And describe why you think you are achieving these results. That is the status where you are today. And you can have extra questions that you can answer yourself. Like, which results are you achieving? What do these results depend on? Very often, we just go in and judge some results and say, this is good and this is bad. But we don't really understand why we're getting these. And if you think about the dependency in the process that you're sitting in, whether it is an R&D process, whether it is a sales process, you would want to know exactly why you are getting those results because that is where the root cause is of those things that we're going to change presently. So the second part is, which are the results do you think you want to avoid and why are those happen? Why are those happening? Why are the results that you want to avoid happening? You can go here in, in detail and think about that. And presumably you will already find some some reasons of things that you're going to change. But that is the whole purpose that you want to start with that right there at the beginning. So 
And as I said, you want to describe what is working well, why it is working well. Take your time. Think about that in detail. And what is not working well, naturally. And when you've done that, then, of course, you can go in and describe the desired state um, in, in a detailed description where you want to where you want to go in details around... I'm going to make this a little larger. What is the different result you want to expect? And what will make these new results possible? And what does your definition, your division, your department, or even your individuals um, have to do differently? Sometimes it's not only in action. Sometimes it's behavior. Sometimes it's competence. Sometimes it's other things. But the more detailed you can be around this desired state, the more you can create this image of why things have to change and what has to change. So let's have a look at the second set here of detailed questions. Why are certain benefits or successes so important? I mean, it is easy to come to some conclusions what has to change, but the people need to buy in for themselves and understand for themselves why things have to change. And that is where a dialogue with your with your team makes a lot of sense so that they can understand what this means for your company, your division, for your department, and they can translate it for themselves and come up even with individual things for themselves, what this means. And, and what are the failures, losses, and misses to be avoided? Think about that in detail. Because sometimes we think, oh yes, we want to change this, but we're not really clear around what, conti- what happens if we continue along that track. Are the consequences, what are the consequences or costs if these are not avoided, these behaviors? And this is sometimes much stronger motivation where you can help people to see what is really needed. And Onto this package here, I've added you a new frame, which was actually quite interesting, a new page, which is used quite a lot. And um, I'm not, I'm not re- um, reteaching anything um, that you have already um, learned in previous trainings. I'm just adding it to, uh, to, to uh, this package so that you can get more detail and more value out of it. Because then when you have created those different points of the desired state, you can then uh, think about... In, in a list here, you can then put those things next to each other in the desired state and the current state, and then you can start closing the gap in greater detail where you can say, hey, I have to do action one, I have to do action two, and action three. And when you put on this structure like this, and you can say it becomes more clearer in the connection around what is really the desired state, what is the current state, and what is the obstacle. And what are you going to overdo to overcome these obstacles? When you start thinking about your project, specifically defining the obstacles and taking actions how to overcome those obstacles, you will suddenly realize that a lot of things is, um, is going to be more apparent with your team. Because typically... We are very quick at describing the desired state. And when we uh, describe the desired state, very often we're thinking about the results. We're not thinking about the goal that is really needed, the next level of performance. And specifically, when you go in and describe the desired state in the sense of why um, 
what are certain obstacles to get there and what would be the actions to overcome these obstacles, that's where you really create the next level of the performance for yourself or your team. This was, these were a few pages at the beginning which I've put into the Excel file to, to warm up. And specifically now, we're going to have a look at the um, at that point, another point where you're going to lose some time with your dis- with your team, because again, this not knowing why things have to change and what has to change is a huge source of disagreement. Because this is this is what people love to talk about the disagreement. When somebody disagrees with you, that is typically the subject of your discussion. And when you look at meetings, you'll be surprised how many topics are around disagreeing, how much time is being spent in explaining the disagreement. And this is where you can be much more efficient in the discussions with your team because you're guiding the topics towards things that you can disagree on. You can disagree on obstacles. You you can disagree, sorry, you can agree on obstacles. You can agree on actions to overcome these obstacles. All of a sudden, your discussions are much more forward-moving Um, focusing on the goal. So when you then have the goal clear, the next thing you will be looking at is naturally the strategy because the strategy is going to be a series of actions that is going to help you to close, help you close the gap. And specifically, a strategy is the priority of your resources so that you can continuously achieve your goals. What does that really mean? I mean, think about it. You have a number of resources with your team. You've got, of course, you've got specialists. You have got um, your people available. You have got a budget. You have got the time that your team has. You've got yourself, how you can interact with your team. All these are resources. Now, the strategy that you're going to apply are not just choosing certain actions, but it's really the priority of certain uh, certain uh, the priority of those resources which means how are you going to spend those the time how is your team going to spend time with which customers which competencies which specialists are you going to assign to certain accounts how are you personally going to assign the time to certain accounts this is all prioritizing the resources and you do this so that you can continuously achieve your goals that is really what it is about and when everybody understands what has to change, then they can quite easily come into that point where they can see how the priorities of the resources that you and your team have available, how they are going to favor achieving the goals. So what can you do here in, in, um, in detail? Of course, you, can, you will want to understand and control the risks. You want to know the potential. You want to invest in in areas where it really has impact and you want to plan the actions in the end. And you do all this because you're going to discuss and decide how things should be done. And again, if you think about the fact that people like to discuss things where they disagree upon, already here you've got a huge source on time that is going to be spent on discussing other things then really the priority that you need to achieve your goals. And that is typically where you would then take a look at, at the following. Let's, let's do a quick list here about around the things that typically are disagreed upon. You, um, 
you you don't agree on what and what things and why things have to change. You don't agree on how things should be done. You don't agree on how people can contribute. You don't agree how they have contributed. And if there is no disagreement and people spend time on discussing around what is um, what they disagree upon, they are not efficient enough. Because there's too little action, there's too much time on discussion and too little action. I'm quite sure you have had these types of meetings when you just sit in the meeting and say, wow, can't we just move forward? Can't we just take some decisions? We're discussing these things again and again. And that is actually true because it falls back to the person who is leading the meeting because people, again, they like to discuss things they disagree about. And your challenge is to guide the discussions forward and to come to agreements so that people can take action. And that is where our beloved SWOT analysis comes in. And I know, the SWOT analysis. I'm not quite sure if you just... Uh, if you just put here in the chat window, if somebody's right, yes or no, do you favor the SWOT analysis? Let's do a very quick questionnaire here. Write yes if you like the SWOT analysis and no if you don't like the SWOT analysis. And there is no harm. I'm not going to criticize anybody. Just dare to write in something here, yes or no. I'm not going to share any any results here. Okay, already we've got 50-50. We've only got four replies here coming in. Um, and yes, it has to be the right one, and, and no, and yes, I know we are divided. So let's spend some moment here on, a, a, I believe, a very important tool, a very powerful tool, if used correctly, which is the SWOT tool. First of all, if you start thinking about the SWOT tool, there are the factors which are the opportunities and threats. And if you think about the opportunities and threats and do this analysis correctly, you suddenly realize that, okay, the opportunities and threats are things that they influence the success of your project from the outside. Yeah, This is what you need, what you want to know. Which, which parameters are involving and um, penetrating and your your project from the outside, influencing your project from the outside. And these are the opportunities and threats. And then on the opposite side, there are certain things, the internal factors that you're fully in control of, that real that you can you can manage, you can influence, you can control fully. And they also have a um an impact on the success of your project, and these are your strengths and weaknesses. And already when you start writing the opportunities and threats on one side and the strengths and weaknesses on the other side, you realize that they have a different quality. And this is the first step that you want to do. And some people, I've done it myself. I've been writing these SWOT analysis. I've been showing it to my managers and they've been going through um, the, the, the assumptions and the judgments that I've made in my SWOT analysis. And they've been nodding it, nodding, sort of looking at my, my presentation. They've been seeing them nodding, but then afterwards, nothing has really happened. The SWOT analysis ends up in the deck of other PowerPoints and there's no action taken out of it. And that is really where you can find more effectiveness with your team, which I can show you. And you will all of a sudden, you'll also see what type of discussions you're typically having and what type of discussions you want to have. Because if you now think around that 
you've got on one side, you've got the things, opportunities and threats from the outside that influence your project. And you've got your strengths and weaknesses on the inside. Just think, if you think about the opportunities that this project offers from the outside and your strengths from the inside, this all gives the world of reasons why this project is a good project, right? And on the other side, if you look at the threats that are posed from the outside on your project and the weaknesses that you have, all of a sudden, the other half of the discussion is going to be the reasons why you should not do this project, why it is a bad choice, because everybody knows that due to the weaknesses, you are going to have problems because the threats are going to pull you apart. And these opportunities and strengths versus the threats and the weaknesses are the typical discussions you're going to have again and again because they actually are the base of all the decision-making that you have. And in projects where you have already decided that you want to move forward with customers, where you've already decided that you want to move forward and do business, just reviewing this type of discussion again and again, which is quite natural for the people, it is just a waste of time because you have taken that decision. You've done that judgment. But the natural flow of the discussions is that people will always want to discuss what they are not in agree on, which means they're always going to discuss opportunities and strengths versus the weaknesses and threats, the pro and contra of this decision. And you're sitting there in the meeting and you're just thinking and you're just reminding everybody, but we have taken this decision. Can't we move on? But the people, they, it's, they gravitate around this type of discussion because you will want to guide them to another discussion. And this is what this next picture is about. Because on the one side, I said, it's the natural flow of the discussion with your team around pro and contra. It's the strengths enhancing the opportunities and the weaknesses that are being exposed by the threats. But what you really want to discuss in your project is the chance risk analysis. And the chance risk analysis you can find when you start thinking about, well, how to exploit the chances so that you're more successful and how can you avoid the risks to, to avoid the failure and where are they? They are also in this SWOT analysis. They're right there, but we don't typically look at them because we gravitate to the other discussion. And this discussion around our chances and risks, they are around how can we exploit our strengths so that we can overcome the threats? And how can we limit our weaknesses so that we can actually use the opportunities? And then you have a totally different discussion. And that is what the SWOT, the second thing about the SWOT analysis is about. When you can, then you can then take the next, the next picture here and look at the SWOT analysis and have two questions which are new to your discussion. And the, and the new questions, they are focusing not so much on the pros and the cons, but they're focusing on the risks and the chances. And the first question around the risk is to increase the, around the chances is to increase our chances. How can we leverage our strengths to overcome the threats? That is the first question that you want to ask yourself. And the second question, and again, you're full in control of, the, um, of your strengths, 
So the question is, how can you, how can you um, leverage on the strengths so that you can overcome the threats? And the other one, the other question you're also fully in control of is how can you reduce your risks so that you can exploit the opportunities? Sorry, how can you ex- how can you reduce the weaknesses to exploit the opportunities? Because these are the two things that you want to do. Now you don't want to, you know, you don't want to leverage on all the strengths. You don't want to um, eliminate all the weaknesses because typically you can't do that, but only a few. And this is where I'm going to put the the um, toolbox here on the screen again and show you in the next Excel sheet what that's, what that really means because I've put an example into the Excel sheet so that you can very quickly see how that works. Now, again, this is this is an, a SWOT analysis. Here's the square in the middle with the four fields. You've got the strengths and the opportunities here on the left, which is all the reasons why you're doing this project. And here on the bottom right, you've got, of course, the threats and the weaknesses why you don't want to do this project. And this is now an interactive uh, Excel sheet so that you can use that. And what you want to do with yourself or with your team, you want to write down here on the left side the opportunities and the threats. Just brainstorm. Just write down a few. And I've done a few here for for online learning. Um, And the question here is, um, what will make online learning uh, more acceptable in our organization? I've wrote down some external um, opportunities and threats. And I've also written down here our internal strengths and weaknesses, the things that I am in control of. And I've just brainstormed around those, which means I've got now four little sections of a couple of um, items, which I've put here. But what I then did, rather than spending a lot of time in finding more, I only took a few here. What I then did, I said, well, okay, well, first of all, um, as you can see, there are all the pros and cons field, but I'm, I'm going to ignore that part. What I did here, which is essential for our evaluation, I would like to see, well, what weaknesses do I have to eliminate so that I can um, so that I can exploit the opportunities, which is this field, and which strengths can I um, work further with and make even stronger so that I can perhaps beat the threats. And with every cross point here, I've given it a number, which means if I believe this is very strong, has a very great, great impact, like here, uh, my strength has a very great impact to overcome an external threat. Or if I lim- eliminate this weakness, I will be able to expl- exploit the opportunity. I'll give it a high number here. Um, then this automatically calculates a priority, which is here on the right-hand side of this diagram, which gives you then really those things that you want to focus on at the most. And as you see about this little evaluation, one of the things on the round the question, what will make online learning more acceptable, was the fact that we want to start with the manager registering the people into the courses rather than you know global registration. We want to um, uh, limit the effect of the learning and isolation, which that's why we're having the power hours. Yeah, This is one of the reasons why we decided to do that. And there are other priorities, of course, which come here 
um, where we got where we made it easy for people to, with access. We've got the we've got the direct links into the classroom. We've got the um, registration much easier now through the training records for you. These are the things that we analyzed at the beginning and decided that this is going to be an impact. This is going to have an impact for us. And out of this priority list, then we took those actions around it. This shows you that then the discussion is much more around how can we really use certain of our strengths, not all of them everywhere, but certain of our strengths in relationship to overcoming those threats, those threats. and how can we eliminate certain weaknesses so that we can, you know, get tailwind, get advantage of the um, opportunities that we have on the outside. And this way we can increase our chances to be successful and limit the risks of failure. And I'm going to slow down here a little bit because it might be that you have uh, some thoughts around this. And if you have, please write them into the chat window right now. I'll pick them up and I'll give you a moment to um, just to reconsider this way of looking at the SWOT analysis in a different way, but only focusing on eliminating those weaknesses so that you can leverage on the opportunities and increasing your own strengths so that you can overcome the threats of your project. And I'm just going to play here a little music so that if you have any thoughts, any questions right now, you can type them into the chat. just confirming here again normally the discussions that you will have will will be going around let's say how your the reasons why this works and the strengths and the weaknesses and in this case it's like yes and we've got travel restrictions that's why everybody has to do online learning and these types of things and there's an organizational change and the many new demands on on different different um, on different systems which you know which requires a new way of learning and this is quite quite normal and then you see the strengths that we are available and there's lots of courses and these are all the great reasons why this is a good decision and a good strategy but in to really make the decision work and make the strategy work we have to look at the we have to look at the threats instead and see well, everybody's quite busy out there and there are many different activities and there is uh, perhaps a lack on really wanting to learn because of the distraction on so many activities. And how can we overcome those? And that is where you can create your own priority with your team. And that is where you move forward towards a discussion around what your team can see as benefits in this project and the key questions i'll bring those up again i might want to write those down and take a snapshot and the key questions to ask your team to increase our chances how can we leverage our strengths to overcome the threats 
or to reduce our risks, how can we reduce our weaknesses to exploit our opportunities? And the question is, next one, how do we keep the discussion on SWOT from going into the traditional way? Well, again, it's the questions. If you, um, how to identify earlier that we're going off track? Well, you lead your team by asking the right questions. You set the topic. You set the topic here to increase the chances. How can we leverage our strengths to overcome the threats? You can even have people brainstorm. Um, and if you find that they're falling back into the old habits of pros and discussing around the pros and cons, you could even brainstorm the whole list. But then you ask them to prioritize which of the strengths would you need to leverage to overcome the threats? People have opinions. Managers have opinions. Even employees, excuse me, even employees have opinions. They've got experience and in the end, you want them to take over certain activities, certain priorities, and the feeling that they're in control of their situation, because this is the biggest difference that there is. If you're only discussing the pros and cons of this decision, you're still leaving them with the feeling of, oh, this is a decision, I can't do anything about it. And they're hesitating to see what is possible. And that is where you can guide them with a flip chart exercise, in coaching questions, you can always use this question uh, on individuals or with a team to increase your chances to achieving this success. Which of your strengths can you use to overcome the threats? Or which of your risks to reduce your risks? Which, how can you reduce your weakness to exploit the opportunities? Anybody can do this list of priorities. The next thing that you would want to look into is of course, judging which ones of these activities would you want to do, just to double check. And that is where we have added <clears throat> the second tool into this, which is an impact matrix. Because you know that around these activities that you have in a certain priority, there might still be things that you cannot really achieve yourself because you're depending on other organizations, other parts in the organization, other people, suppliers, divisions, whatsoever. And that is where you can then take another exercise with your team. It doesn't have to be at the same moment. It can be at the next meeting um, where you can then, in a typical you know, Boston consultant uh, uh, way of working, you want to decide really, well, which are those projects, those activities, sorry, those activities that you would want to start right now. And that is where you take all these um, activities that you've just prioritized you put them here on the left-hand side. Yeah, they appear automatically. And then you start writing the actions that you would want to put into place to do, like more system support, structured content, live events, train English, and so on and so on. And in the next level, you will then simply judge around these actions. Are you in control of this on a scale of 1 to 10? And... How much impact do you really expect from that on the final result? And what this diagram does, and this is the typical Boston consultant um, diagram in four quadrants, where on one side you have, to the right, you've got everything that is controllable, and towards the top, everything that has an impact on your final result. Then you suddenly see that, hey, there are certain things that you are in control of and that have a high impact. And naturally, those are the things where you want to start. And sometimes if you are a little confused around the things that you want to get done, 
it is good to do this little exercise with your team to double check. Rather that you're doing your favorite actions towards a customer, towards your project, but you're really doing the ones that you are in control. Because if we take back that, that, um, that saying that people like to discuss those things that they have a disagreement upon, of course, they're going to discuss the ones that they are not in control of because they are deflecting the responsibility on another part in your organization, telling somebody else to do something and say, I can't do this because I don't have the tools, I don't have the budget, I don't have the support, I don't have the, the availability in the, in the stock, I don't have the freedom on the, on the discounts, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. Yes, but wait a second, there are still a number of things that we can do that we are responsible for because we can control them ourselves. And nothing is more rewarding than really controlling the things that have an impact on the result. And that is where you, when it's, it's about coaching, that is where you want to keep your people attention on those things where they have an impact and help them see that they have an impact. That is your task. Not measuring the final result again and again, but giving them, the imp- giving them the focus on those things that have impact and those things that they are in control of because those are the things that you can change. And you can change them immediately. And you'll have fun changing those because you're going to see progress in the change. And nothing is more rewarding than seeing actually these changes happening and seeing the progress on those activities that they are happening. And we're doing the same with the, with the power hours, with the live events, because we, dis- we said, yes, we are fully in control of those. They have a great impact on those. It doesn't cost us so much to do these. We're doing those every Monday. And actually, we are going to continue with those even after the summer, after presumably you might think, oh, the course is closed. No, this course is not going to close. This course is going to continue so that everybody, even those who have started on a little little later in the course in, um, in the UK or in the US or in China, you still have the opportunity to close the Manage Your Core Business Effectively curriculum completely. There is no deadline for you. It is your commitment towards your manager that really creates that deadline. And when you have signed, signed up for all the courses, you've completed all the courses, done all the action forms, and you, um, you submit your certification, I will reward your certification with a written certification paper, signed paper by Lars Backstrom, which at the same time will also allow you to join the Release the Leader within events that we're going to run once a year. So there's no cutoff date. Don't worry. Don't be stressed. I know we're extremely busy. And to allow other people to hop onto this train sort of intermediately, that is why we're going to change the the deadline. And um, it is not going to be a deadline as such. It is, it is just that we really want you to do all these courses. Do them with all the... Um, what should I say, focus and accuracy that you need so that you can take the maximum result out of these courses. And we will reward it with the Release the Leader Within event, an absolute new event that will allow you to bring everything that you have learned, internalize it so that you can then use it together with your team and feel much stronger about these changes because 
Yes, it is. Because you are expected to stand up and lead your team, which means that you're going to be the first one there who is going to meet the wind face on. And that requires a certain amount of knowledge, a certain amount of skills and conviction that this is the right thing. So, as you see here on all this, um, on all the um, on the Excel side, there is a, f- a few more things which are quite interesting. Go in there, try it out, and um, if you have an example where you feel that you're not quite certain whether you're using a certain sheet or the other in the correct way, make a comment in the classroom. We can have a special meeting around this and share some time so that you can use it. I really want to make sure that you um, you have the opportunity to try it out. It is not so much. It is not so much the. Um, it is not so much the point that you really get each and every value right that you write here. It's oh, that should be a fine point five. No, that's not the point. You can do this on a flip chart as well with your team. It is more about getting a feeling and the focus on something else, which is not your natural res- which is not your natural response, but is your professional response that you need to do to be more successful and eliminate the risks in your projects. Remember, I'm Coach Colin. I'm here to help you master your leadership. You can reach out to me anytime in the classroom, ask questions, comment on things, um, invite me to contact you directly or personally. I am there to help you master your leadership. Thank you for today. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Have a great week. It is only Monday. Lots of things are going to happen for you this week. Goodbye, everybody. Take care. Stay safe. Have a nice week. Goodbye.